0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 130 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I am your host, John Chick, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BiltBar.com and use promo code On, and you'll get $10 off of your first order. And today, we've got part four of Sports Movie Brackets. We're continuing to go through all the matchups here, along with Gabrielle Starr of Locked on Red Sox and Javier Reyes of Locked on Padres. And just going to go ahead and get right into it. Enjoy. All right. So we're back today. We're doing the Midwest portion of the bracket, the bottom right area. And it's going to be the top seed of the Field of Dreams, taking on the number 16 seed, eight men out. And Gabrielle, I know you wanted to kind of lead this one off. So the floor is yours.
1: Okay. First of all, as usual, we have a ridiculous seating in that eight men out is a sixteen seed. I don't understand. Like it's a great movie. Um, very yes. apropos of this time in terms of cheating and the idea of players feeling that they're not being paid well, which was a huge issue back when, back in the late, back in the early nineteen hundreds when, um, baseball didn't have free agency or a players union or any of that. Um, and it you know definitely works when you. It's definitely timely for like everything that minor leaguers go through. That being said, it's going up against Field of Dreams, which is uh, – What do you guys think of Field of Dreams being a one seed? I love Field of Dreams, but f- people have um, yeah. some interesting opinions on it. And I I actually – even though I love it, I acknowledge that it's in many ways like a very weird movie. You
2: it's arguably the most non-traditional, uh, like top-seeded sports movie, most like iconic sports movie. I say that in quotes now. Like I don't know. Like it is – but it's also kind of like a supernatural kind of like – I don't even know, man. It's got my dude Dane yeah. cannon from The West Wing in it, though, so I like that. Uh But, that. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to come full uh, clean. I have not seen 8 Men Out. Yes, I know we've had time to do this, but I, I just didn't <laughs> – I didn't see it. But There are 64 I, I like movies
1: the, on this bracket. It's yeah, like time is not relevant <laughs> yeah. to this. This is like we've been doing this for two weeks now, and we're never going to – I don't – none of us are going to um, watch Tin Cup again
0: <laughs> nope Yo, it's cup. I'll never I, finish that movie can I
2: can I admit now that I skipped the last 20 minutes of the movie <laughs> I skipped the last half of it I just gave up okay. on cup. Yeah. <laughs> I just I wikipedia at the end because I was like I probably know where this is going and I was like all right I, I just I mean it's not the worst movie I've ever made but come on now uh and yeah this yeah, is another costume movie yes yeah, not Hoosiers <laughs> I'm <just kidding>. God. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone hates us she said it first <laughs> uh aggregators um yeah, I think that, I mean, I like the matchup because I feel like the movies maybe have a little bit similar, um, like, characters in terms of the Shoeless Joe Jackson kind of being a main force in uh, Field of Dreams. Yeah. And then just kind of being about the Black Sox scandal. You think thing? like think that's the only reason that they similar. did
1: this is it's, like, the two Shoeless yeah. Joe movies?
2: It's like when maybe. they did Invictus and, what was it, in the other bracket region? It was um, Invictus Brian and, and Bryan Song, where it was, like, yeah. you know, racial apartheid type of... Uh, those type of issues being a little bit similar thematically, I guess. Um, but I haven't seen it. Field of Dreams is, I think it's, I think the ending is just so awesome and genuinely gets you. I mean, it got me anyway. Like I was just like, oh my god! <laughs> like it was a yeah. gut punch. I was like, I was about to start tearing up. Like it was the end of Avengers End Game. It was nuts for me. But I don't know if the movie as a whole is like a a one seed i think this is like a, a flawed six where it's like the end it's hard though because this is one of those you know movies sometimes you don't like it until the very end or because it, it really kind of um comes to its own it it really um comes full circle i mean you know what i mean and i think field of dreams is one of those movies that you're watching it's like this is fine and kevin coster is definitely being kind of really likable and just this kind of dude that's trying to figure things out it's very supernatural and whatnot and then the ending though, it just really, it really touches you, you know? And I think that's what the the power of the movie is. Um, I guess, Gabrielle, I know you led this off. I feel like I kind of hijacked it, so my bad. But No, you're because um, I've
1: got more to say. So it's okay.
2: fine. Uh, I would go Field of Dreams <laughs> just because I do feel like it's got that indelible final like 20-ish minutes. Um, and the, if you build it, they will come. Like that old thing is like kind of uh, etched in pain. sports movie, Yeah and but eight men out hey i i've heard good things about it my dad i was texting him about it he said it was pretty good um and but also that doesn't that doesn't mean anything because my dad loves literally every movie ever ever made so i actually don't want to use my dad as my citation source um but yeah i'm gonna go with field of Genius just because i think that that has a, a really great moment in it but i would definitely i wouldn't say it's the weakest of the one seeds that we've had i mean literally one of them we already eliminated but it's definitely not uh Definitely not a, a an unflawed, timeless classic movie. I just think that it has that end that just really works on so many levels.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, so subtle plug. I actually did like a rewatch kind of thing of this for Girl at the Game last January 2019. And I was like, you know, you know, all winter long, I just watched baseball movies. And so that time, though, I just remember watching it and being like, I have some serious questions about like things in this movie. And for starters, the brother, um, Kevin Costner's wife's brother, like his brother-in-law who yes, is Danny Kincannon from West wing. And also is the Mm -hmm. very likable player from little big league who ends up, uh, marrying or dating the kid's mom. Like he's, he's in multiple, Mm. um, baseball movies It's like, first of all, like, why is he such a tool? (laughs) You know, I get that it's I get that it's his job, but Ray is his sister's husband and he's like so eager to take their farm away. He doesn't seem like he's trying to help them at Mm. all. He's like chomping at the bit to take away this farm. And also, like most farms are like dozens of acres. And so his whole issue about the baseball diamond, like taking up too much space for the property to turn a profit doesn't actually make sense because that's not how cornfields work. And you can see that because there's a giant cornfield behind (laughs) the baseball diamond. And then also he manhandles Costner's like daughter um, and causes her to fall off the bleachers and almost die. And like, they don't say anything about that. They're not like, dude, what are you doing? Like shaking my daughter and making and making her fall so that she Mm, almost dies.
2: mm. Great point. Yeah. 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 I didn't even mention that. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, and then the little girl also, like, she's kind of disturbing because, like, she's the quintessential, like, really smart, like, sports movie kid the same way you have the little boy in Jerry (laughs) Maguire who's, like, the human head weighs eight pounds. So you have a disembodied voice telling Ray Kinsella to build a baseball field in a cornfield. He does it. Shoeless Joe Jackson and the rest of the, like, 1919 Black Sox show up from the dead to play baseball on your field. Then you take a road trip to Boston and go to Fenway Park where the scoreboard sends you a message that only you can see, which leads you to a (laughs) town in Minnesota where a ghost ends up coming with you on your road trip home. And then he turns back into an old man, saves your daughter's life, all proving that there's like something crazy and magical and mystical happening here. And then you see your dad young again on the field and play catch with him and you realize that this is the universe's way of giving you a chance to reconcile with your father and have like the most beautiful game of catch in the history of all sports movies so there's all this magic and then your daughter's like we can turn it into a tourist attraction and you're like yeah like really you're gonna ruin all of that by being like come see money Give us 20 bucks to like sit on this bleacher and watch magic. Like, that is not, I understand mm. that it's like the way that they save his farm, but at the same time, it's like you're really gonna ruin all of this by charging people money to see it and turning it into like a road trip, like tourist attraction. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah,
0: okay, sorry, great, that was great. no, no was, that's, not right. that's great um were you leaning one way or the other gabrielle because you seem to like both movies but i I'm, guess you know a little, i'm still going field of dreams,
1: dreams. it's still okay. like a, it's still an epic it's still one of the best sports movies of all time it's just like when you it's kind of like major league when we talked about how like it's a great sports movie but there are some things about it where you're just like mm, is this like really weird and, yeah, and for me like i have yeah. also like yeah. does terrence Mann kill himself by walking into the cornfield like is that saying that he's like choosing to die and go to baseball heaven like because the players tell ray that he can't join them but they say that terrence man can so the last time you see him he's walking back into the cornfield with the players and then like you never see him again so is he dead
0: <laughs> Did he yeah. just like
1: leave his apartment in boston and like just never comes back
0: yeah it, it, there are some weird things about it um okay I am relieved that both of you guys took Field of Dreams because I didn't want to knock out another, another number one seed. But
1: <laughs> yeah, we... <laughs> I really did.
0: Look, Field of Dreams, I mean, some people talk about it like it's the greatest sports movie ever. I really don't think it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've, ta- we've talked a lot about the seedings on this bracket. And yes, I don't think Field of Dreams should be a one seed. I think it should be a little bit lower. And eight men out deserves better than a 16 seed. But at the same time, I'm not surprised that that's where they're seated. Because people love Field of Dreams, and I don't think that many people really know about A-Man Out. But A-Man Out's a great movie, and I've seen it multiple times. I think it's a very fascinating story. It's kind of interesting how, you know, they get the players on board with throwing the World Series. And, you know, I I just find it a very uh, captivating watch. You know, I I always played baseball growing up. It's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I always played baseball growing up, and it's like, what would I do in that situation? Like, I like to think that I'm like the catcher in that, that they would be like, oh no, don't even ask Chick, man. He, he would never go for something like this. Because, you know, when they're recruiting players to throw the World Series, you know, they're they're kind of weighing risk and reward, you know, who would be on board for this, who wouldn't. Um, so I just find that interesting. And then, you know, some of the players have changes of heart. Some are still trying to drop the game. So that's kind of interesting because you have players on the White Sox who are trying to win, despite the fact that they have teammates who are trying to lose. I kind of like that. And Field of Dreams, like, I don't know if it's just the Costner effect or whatever, but I just, I've seen it at least twice, start to finish. And I'm not saying it's a bad movie or even that I dislike it. I've just never been able to get into that movie. Like, have you guys, do you, do you guys ever watch Family Guy? Yeah. Do you guys? Uh,
2: episodes, like, a couple times.
0: Okay. Well, there's a scene in that movie where they the whole family thinks that they're going to die. The, the safe room is, like, uh, filling with water. And Peter Griffin is like... Now that we're about to die, I think I have to tell you guys something. And then he says, I did not care for The Godfather. <laughs> and they get they get so mad at him. And there's just two minutes of them yelling at him. I feel like that's me with Field of Dreams. Like, I just can't get into the movie. So my vote is for eight men out. But at the same time, I'm relieved mm-hmm. that you guys both voted for Field of Dreams. And we're not going to knock out another one seed and <laughs> you know, make everybody mad. And, and now that Field of Dreams is advancing, I will watch it again. I will give it another chance. Because, you know, to did this. We...
1: Yeah. Did I you have, another, know the I have a feed in every other quadrant?
0: Or? No, no. no it just just Hoosiers, but still that'd be Hoosiers. two out of four. <laughs> that'd be two out of four going down if, yeah. uh, if Field of Dreams bit the dust here. Yeah. So uh,
2: I do have a take though, and my take is that great movie title though. Do we think that maybe it's it's is it just such a great title that maybe people kind of does that add to the the lore of Field of Dreams? I think there's a lot of nostalgia for this movie. Yeah. I feel like that's a lot of the reason why people like it so much.
0: I can see that. It is a great title. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I say there, it with my Fenway friend all the time with really our random beautiful uh, park that's by us. Mm. It, it is actually, and I'm not even a, a Red Sox person. It does look great. I have to admit. I don't know why they captured. It felt like they captured so well a place I haven't even been to before because I'm from New Jersey and don't like Boston. But that's, yeah. It was amazing.
1: It's funny because like he where he's driving in the movie is like right down the street from where I grew up. And Mm. um, so watching it, I'm always like, oh, this is so funny. This is what it looked like. You know, I came the movie came out like four years before I was born. Um, But it's just funny. It's also interesting that two movies with Shoeless Joe Jackson in them came out in back to back years because eight men out is 1988 and Field of Dreams is 89. Um, And they're both like. Heavily weighted on the whole like shoeless Joe because there's so much debate about like whether or not he did participate in the scandal, whether he was like in it, he maintained his innocence like until he died. Um, but he was never allowed back into baseball. It's a very, very sad
0: story. Is is it also weird in Steal the Dreams how they choose to focus on the Black Sox rather than like literally anything else? Like, why are they focusing (laughs) on this team that threw the World Series? You know what I mean.
1: Well, like I think it's the Black Sox at first, but then um, remember when he gets back from the when he gets back from the road trip and he has Terrence Mann and um, Archie, who we learn is Moonlight Graham um, with him. You see that there are also players in other uniforms on the field and they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, well, we didn't have enough for a whole game. So we invited some guys and you realize that it's like it's not just the the Black Sox. It's like other other guys too also because yeah. his dad wasn't on the black Sox, and his dad's the catcher yeah for the good game point. Um, it
0: starts it starts with shoeless joe and the black socks though right they're, they're, they're the first yeah it's there. just but, yeah
1: first it's shoeless joe by himself then he brings like chick Gandol and like all the other guys uh buck weaver right. and and then later um and it's also funny because like they're making fun of ty cobb and it's <laughs> and like they're like yeah uh so ty cobb wanted to play he like you hear him joke about oh ty cobb wanted to play with us but none of us liked him so we told him he couldn't come and they're all laughing it's like yeah but ty cobb's also like low-key a racist murderer so that's also probably why you shouldn't <laughs> invite him to your weird ghost game
0: yeah um, <laughs> not allowed to i do also think
1: game. this is ray leota's first movie
0: weird ghost it, game. Like,
1: yeah Ray, I think this is Ray Liotta's first movie, like first um, feature film. I I don't remember if it was like from the Ringers rewatchables that I learned that, but like this is either his first or one of his very first film roles. Um, And he's so young, playing Shoeless Joe, and then you know, of course, he becomes Mm -hmm. like this big powerhouse Ray Liotta. But he's like young, sweet Shoeless Joe Jackson.
2: Yeah, before he became, without a doubt, the actor with the most intimidating stare and. Human yeah. history, I would wager, honestly, with the exception of Michael Corleone, um, probably yeah. the most wearing shoes. Intimidating though one. we should know yeah.
1: he's shoeless Joe, but he's wearing shoes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Thank you. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors. Dot com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.biltbar.com. You want me to get the next one?
2: Yeah, go for it. Someone All right, so it. the next one, man. Here we go. We got a, a Titan matchup. It is Creed, the eight seed, taking on Major League Two for some reason, the ninth seed. Um, I'm going to keep this as <laughs> yeah. short as possible. If you guys could tell by my tone there, um, major league two is not good. And I use that. I want to capitalize the N and then the G for not good. Uh, major league one. Great. We talked at length about while it is great, it still has its problems, but still we love the movie and it's really funny. And Charlie Sheen's awesome. Um, just know. Let's let's not do this. Uh, Creed is awesome. I'm going to save some of my thoughts for when Creed actually has a worthy opponent to go up against. There is no correlation between these two movies whatsoever. This is not, this is boxing versus comedy baseball. baseball. Like, come on now, guys! And I just feel like Creed is up there. I think it is perfect. It is one of my favorite uh sports movies. It might be one of my favorite movies ever, honestly. I I know that's crazy. I know it sounds crazy, but Ryan Cougar, you're a genius. Michael B. Jordan, I know that your stock has gone down a little bit. People are starting to do this BS hipster take that you're actually not a good actor. I still believe in you. Shout out Friday Night Lights to uh Creed's moving on. All right. Gabrielle.
1: Okay. Um <laughs> first of all, very, very disappointed by Major League Two. Uh as usual. I mean at this point in like you know a hundred years that we've had movies we should all kind of just know that for the most part sequels aren't going to be good and yet every time i kind of hope a sequel is going to be good i'm like oh but the characters were so good that maybe just maybe they can pull it off i don't know why it's so hard to repeat but whatever um for starters like this movie it's the classic like guy becomes super famous and can't handle it well and then starts struggling so it's like not Whereas like the first major league is like an original kind it's a pretty original premise at the time of like this team sucks and their owner's evil and the team has to like, you know, rally. Like there are a lot of unique elements to the first major league. The second one is just like the classic like struggles of fame and success. And like you have a girlfriend who's not right for you because uh, they're not actually like looking out for your best interests. And um, they also replaced Wesley Snipes. So you have like a completely different <laughs> Willie Mays Hayes, and that's just like it didn't work out as well as with Iron Man when they replaced Terrence Howard with Don Cheadle. Like yeah. It, it, you know, it's just not great. Um, I miss this era of Charlie Sheen. He was so good in like all his movies. Like he's great in Ferris Bueller, he's great in Major League. He's even good in this major league, even though it's not a good movie, which is Noteworthy because you know, sometimes it's just like bad acting by everyone. And in this movie, like he's the star, and you see that he's like really playing on his emotions. But I'm going with Creed because Creed is just like an excellent movie, and it's interesting that they did the whole like take the you know, take the franchise from you know, a couple decades ago and reboot it, but not like redo it, you know, just continue the story.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. yep,
1: and they do it well. You know, like they don't they don't make it it's not it's not reusing storylines and you know, it's not uncreative. Like it's just a good movie. And it would be it's a good standalone movie too. Like even if you haven't like I hadn't seen all the Rockies before I saw Creed. Right. Hmm. I'd I'd seen like Rocky and Rocky too, and then I saw Creed. And, and, and like, it works as just like works as a good movie. Also though, uh, seating wise, um, major league two is a nine, eight man out is a 16 and creeds an eight. So as usual, the seating is bogus, Yes, but I'm going Creed.
0: Yeah, I'm going Creed as well. I mean, this one, I mean, I, I, I had to think about it for about two seconds and, you know, I knew the Creed was going to move on for me. Um, and you know, to your point, Gabrielle and Javier as well, you know, you guys both mentioned this, but you know, it feels like the next kind of, you know, logical step in the Rocky franchise. It's not a rebooting or a reimagining or whatever else they want to try to call it these days. It's just the story is continuing all these years later and it's continuing in a very logical, very believable way. I mean, I think we're at the point with Sylvester Stallone where we don't need to see him get back in the ring and box again, but, (laughs) but I, but I will never, I'll never get tired of seeing him play Rocky Balboa. And he's great in this movie. There's, there's a great subplot in this movie where he gets sick and, so Adonis Creed, you know, he kind of yeah, he, he kind of motivates Rocky to, you know, fight the disease and, you know, all that. So, um, you know, I do think my only nitpick of Creed is I feel like they kind of did a, Apollo Creed a little bit dirty here because obviously he died in Rocky IV. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. But. You know, all of a sudden it's like, well, yeah, he um he cheated on his wife and he had this kid with another woman. It's like, why couldn't they just make this his son? Like, you know, I, I don't know mm-hmm. why. Yeah, they necessarily. Didn't... Yeah. Yeah.
2: I, I have it... answers for that. But okay, uh, okay. Uh, um, I don't know if I want to save it. That's the thing. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. How much
1: wait, I,
0: before, I love before you
1: while you decide, um, I'm just going <laughs> to one more thing about Major League Two that annoyed me because of the whole women thing that we talked about with the original Major League they have the whole plot line about like Rachel selling the team to uh Corbin Bernsen's like Roger Dorn character and then he sells it back and like that whole thing about her still trying to get revenge and that and like just those like women storylines that stuff continues from the first movie and it like because Major League 2 isn't a good movie it's just like it's it's even less bearable that those storylines are there because at least with the first movie, the redeeming quality is like the baseball parts of it are great. But with this one, it's just not a good movie, and so the girl stuff only makes it worse. Like she's still a bitch. Um, it's like it's just not great. It's it's annoying. So, yeah, it's
0: it's it's not a good movie, movie. You know I, that I, should I, be
1: sixteen. So
0: yeah, yeah, um, yeah. For me, Major League two. I, I don't know if there's ever been an original. That I liked so much, and then a sequel that I liked so little from major league to major league two. And mm-hmm. it's one of those things where I've given it a couple chances. You know, you watch it once, you don't like it. It's like, well, you know, maybe I just wasn't in the right mood for it. Maybe there's something I miss. I'll give this another shot. And it just, there's nothing in it that makes me laugh. You know, it, uh, they have Randy Quaid in the outfield, who I think is usually pretty funny, but he adds nothing to this movie. You have, you maybe know,
1: maybe we all need to rewatch Hoosiers. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> oh, <goodness> maybe,
0: <laughs> maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have that, and, and, You know, you have, you know, all the casting changes. That doesn't do it any favors either. And, you know, all of a sudden, Ricky Vaughn doesn't want to throw his fastball anymore because reasons. And then you've you've got this catcher who, you know, he has to remember articles that he read in Playboy to be able to throw the ball back to the pitcher, which doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry. I know there's like baseball superstitions and everything, but that's just ridiculous. So this is about his It's literally
1: Major League Players, and the movie's called Major League. And this guy's acting like he's a head case from like you know, a ball.
0: Yeah. And and really like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the third major league movie. It's not good, but I would actually take that over this because the third one is so far removed from the original. And so m- much of the cast is just gone that like, at least as it's, its own standalone thing, you can kind of enjoy it. Like this movie isn't that great, but it's kind of silly and kind of fun. Uh, major league two just sucks. I'm sorry. So Creed's going <laughs> to advance that. That's an easy sweep for all of us. I think. Yeah.
1: Did you guys know that the guy who plays Pedro Serrano is also the all state insurance guy.
0: What, yeah, David Palmer from uh, oh, from, from, from 24. Dennis, Dennis, yeah. Hay-
1: Dennis Dexter Hayesbert. So I just looked him, I just looked up his page. He is known. It says in in the U.S. he is known for his appearances in commercials for Allstate Insurance. And then the second sentence is he portrayed baseball player Pedro Serrano in the Major League Film Trilogy and Secret Service agent Tim Collin in the 1997 political thriller film Absolute Power and Sergeant Major Jonas Blaine on the drama series The Unit. And then he's David Palmer on 24. But they literally lead off with him being the Allstate guy. (laughs) He was like, "It's all stayed stand. Are you in good hands?"
0: Yeah, it's I had no buff. idea. So we've got the number five seed, Rocky Four, up against the number twelve seed, Basketball. Anyone want to lead this one off? Um, I, mean, I could do
2: no it. No one's talking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess you could do it, Sean.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I gotta say, I, I really like both of these movies a lot. And you know, you look at this entire bracket if I'm going to have friends over and we're just going to like drink beer and like throw on a movie. Like if you look at this whole list, this whole bracket, these are two of the movies that I think I would go to kind mm. of for different reasons. I mean, Rocky four is just a ton of fun. You get, I mean, there's like, it feels like there's like three or four different montages, training montages Hearts in this movie.
2: Oh So good.
0: So good. So good. Um, there's a robot for some reason. I don't know why, but there's a <laughs> robot in a Rocky movie. So you could tell this is when, you know, the series is getting a little silly at this point, but, You know, I mean, the fight at the end against Ivan Drago, it's fantastic. Um, You have kind of the race stakes after Apollo uh, Creed is killed in the ring. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just it's just a fun movie, you know, and then you get that ridiculous speech by Rocky after he wins, which basically like ends (laughs) the Cold War. He's just like he's just like, if I can change and he can change, then we can all change. And all the world's issues are solved. Um, So it's it's a It's a ridiculous movie, but it's such an enjoyable, fun movie. Uh, And again, the the fight at the end is just absolutely fantastic. And basketball, I mean, I'll I'll just say this. You know, South Park's one of my favorite shows ever. I think Matt and Trey can just do no wrong. And basketball kind of alternates between, like, you know, just bottom-of-the-barrel toilet humor and, like, you know, actually some really smart kind of takes on sports and the sports industry. So I love both of these movies, but in something of an upset I'm going to go with Basketball. I feel like I've shown enough love to the Rocky franchise. I'm going to go Basketball here. So I'll toss it to whoever wants it next.
2: Uh, I could go. I'll just say, hey, man, Heart's on Fire. Love that song. Oh, my God. It's so good. I think that compared to the rest of the Rocky movies, this is the one with the least kind of depth. I know that there's the whole, I mean, the subject matter, the whole, like, you know, U.S. and Soviets, like, there's a lot of depth there. But they don't really explore that too much. It's really just classic 80s, like, the russians are bad and we're gonna defeat them and i mean look at literally just look at the movie poster with the american yeah. flag draped over him like it's extreme cheese but and i do love the the speech, if i can change then i think you guys could change too and then, and then the, they, they start applauding him uh, drago loses the crowd very ridiculous but i feel like unlike the other rocky movies it doesn't really have a lot of extra oomph i feel like the the second rocky movie has a lot of interesting stuff i almost got emotional talking about how much i love the the scene where he's struggling to read there's just something so profound about that and at the and yeah. in, in the church and then the third movie it's like a a more um you know oh my gosh like what is it like if you feel like even if you're at the top and you're making so much money that you feel like it was for fake and all that stuff this movie is very much like evil bad guy and rocky has to go beat him and I feel like while it's enjoyable to an extent, like I said, "Hearts on Fire," great, great song. I would even argue it's not better than "I Have the Tiger," but man, it's close. Man, it's close. That oh man, it just gets me every time. And uh, but I will say that basketball haven't really seen it um, at all. I only saw like the like the beginning part. I think. Um, I'm not super adamant about Rocky Four. I feel like if there was a different movie kind of uh, placed here, I would vote it ahead, despite my kind of appreciation for Rocky Four. But my vote is going to go to Rocky Four because I definitely know it the most. And uh, um, I don't know. My vote was on fire there, uh, Gabrielle. What do you think?
1: Oh man! All right. Well, I guess we're going with the upset because I'm also going with baseball. All right.
2: All right. I gotta see this.
1: Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Had to. <laughs>
0: Um, rocky,
1: Adrian. guys rocky will be fine he's won like every other matchup <laughs> in this bracket
0: he's got like three more movies doing all right for himself yeah. he,
1: he's got like and also he just, like creed is a rocky movie so yeah yeah like, the, this is like, not the last we'll he, hear
2: from us. that's fair there's gonna
1: be a rocky movie in the final four for sure um can i do league of their own
2: <laughs> we're just we're just done right <laughs> that was an easy one yeah i don't all right. Yeah, well. yeah. Absolutely. Go for it. <laughs> All my Rocky okay. Four fans, I tried.
1: <laughs> it's not that Rocky Four is like bad. It's a good movie. No, it's I, just, know, like, I, I you know, sometimes you gotta like Rocky was the underdog at first too. I'm going with basketball because it's the underdog. Um, okay, so full disclosure, I did not watch I did not super pay attention to Foxcatcher. Um, I had it on in the background, but like wrestling movies are just not super my thing. Um, I am not great with violence. Um, So even though I love all of the actors in this movie, like it's hard to beat like Steve Carell and Mark Ruffalo being in the same movie for me, Mm -hmm. a league of their own is like just one of the best baseball movies. And also like girl at the game, a movie about women playing baseball And, like, all the, you know, feminist icons in this movie, like, All the Way May and Rosie O'Donnell just being such a badass. Like, it's just such a good movie showing what women could do. Um, And the fact that it's, like, mostly a true story just makes it even better. These women really carried baseball on for the country while World War II was going on. It's also, I think, one of Tom Hanks' best performances of his career um, as Jimmy, like, the former player turned, like, super drunk manager of theirs with like a heart of gold and of course like his like iconic line of just being like there's no crying there's no crying in baseball <laughs> and like it's just so great cuz it's like like my my twitter bio used to say probably crying about baseball because let's be honest there is so much crying in baseball there's crying in baseball all the time um and also as someone with a little sister who is my best friend in the whole world the relationship between the two sisters is like between um, played by Lori Patty and Gina Davis, like they're such a great sister duo in terms of they clearly love each other. They're clearly super close. They also drive each other absolutely bonkers. And so at the end of the movie, when they reunite at the thing and they're older, it always makes me want to hug my sister. I always cry. Um, one time in college when I was really homesick, I actually watched this movie because I couldn't sleep. And it made me so homesick to see my sister that I actually took a bus from New York to Boston the next morning on a Friday just to go home for the weekend to hang out with my sister. Um, so a league of their own in a landslide for me. And also just saying, I personally would seed league of their own higher than field of dreams. I would make a league of their own, mm-hmm. like a two and field of dreams, like a three or a four. Um, but league of their own is a four and Fox catchers a 13 further, further proving the hill that I will die on that. I think we are all on together that the seating in this bracket is garbage it's
2: not even a hill to die on it's like a stump like i I think everyone's gonna agree with us like what we look at. it's just like a small
1: lump in the grass where you're just like is (laughs) it uneven or is it just like my foot is weirdly shaped um yeah uh it's just (laughs) at this point you're kind of like nothing nothing makes sense in this bracket
0: here's a here's a question i have for you guys about a league of their own and i'm gonna vote for a league of their own too Foxcatcher is the only movie in this, you know, quadrant here that I didn't get around to seeing. And again, it's one of those situations where I love A League of Their Own. Very unlikely that Foxcatcher was gonna, you know, get the win here for me, even if I did watch it. I know that's kind of unfair, but it is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. A League of Their Own. Here's my question for you guys, because this has been debated by movie fans for a long time. Did Gina Davis drop the ball on purpose at the end of the movie in the collision at the plate? Yes. I don't think she did. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. That's kind I don't of think the she whole did.
1: point. Cause she knows that her sister like needs this more than she does. She wants to go home. Like, that's her whole thing throughout the movie is she only agrees to play if her sister can come with her. She only agrees to stay so that her sister can play on the team. Like she's right, doing but- all of this for her sister. She wants to go home with her husband. She wasn't even gonna like she was gonna leave anyway because um her husband shows up and she's like once he shows up and he's been injured and he shows up with the cane she's like she's like he's back like i'm done i'm going back home to be a wife and like to have a family like that's her whole thing from the beginning is she didn't want to do this in the first place she was just playing a game with her sister and ends up being scouted but like she only does all of this for dot and once all of this stuff like you know once she's feuding with her sister and her husband comes back um, especially because her teammate, I think it's Betty Spaghetti. Um, one of her teammates' husbands dies. And remember, they're so worried because, um, you know, they get the telegram and they're not sure because I think they're the only two married women on the team um with husbands fighting in the war. And so they're mm-hmm. both worried that it's gonna be one of them. And I think the whole thing is just like, you know, this was never what she wanted to do. Like she was having fun, but her whole thing was like, I'm only doing this. Until my husband comes home and then I'm going back to my real life and it's not the same case for Dot. So the whole, like, you know, it wasn't as important, like she got competitive, but once her husband came home, she like her kind of priorities reshifted back to what they originally were. And she realizes like, I have what I want. My husband came back alive. I can go back to my life. My sister, this is what she wants. So I like giving her that win was like a gift to her. Sorry. I, I, I,
0: no, no, that's okay. This movie's I, I got never, me in my
1: feels now, so.
0: I, <laughs> I never thought of it that way, so I can definitely appreciate that perspective that, you know, her kind of giving her sister what she wants, you know, in her life. Uh, the only counterpoint I would make is, if you remember, uh, Dottie left and then only came back for game seven of that series. So I, I think, like, the competitive fire kind of got the best of her, and she wanted to go back and play. And then also, if you remember, uh, before that play, uh, she, I, I think it was a double. She, she hits a double off of Kit. And so if she was going to, like, you know, let Kit win the game, wouldn't she, like, you know, hit one into the ground there or maybe pop one up? I mean, I, I don't know. Just just an idea. But what do you think, Javi? Maybe you can break the tie here, this little sub, sub vote that we've got going on Um.
2: Here. So, see, this is why I haven't talked as much because I'm not super – like, I, I like League of Their Own. I've seen it, yeah. um like, once or twice – I think twice. Uh, And it's really great. I have not – I don't know enough about – like, I wasn't fully aware of this kind of conversation. Um, but I do remember her kind of mentioning that she would never drop the ball on purpose. So I don't know if that plays into it. But again, I'm like kind of a novice when it comes to the lore, okay. I guess, of this movie. Um, but that's interesting. I, I, it makes me want to watch again because I watched it like I think it was uh, two years ago. Um, that was the last time I think I saw it. I was with my dad. That's how I can remember. Um, I don't know. I don't know. You guys both make uh, some interesting points, but it's it's tough. But now I'm just thinking about the movie. And I'm like, it's just when you think of a league movie. of their own, you just think of kind of like. I don't know there's just this bright light that emanates when you think of that movie i can't really explain it yeah um no i and know I love, exactly what you're talking about it's just you yeah. think of it, it and it's not it's just necessarily ha, ha happiness it's like this glowing glow like it feels like if i saw the dvd of that movie it would just start glowing it's i don't think it's like the best sports movie i've seen it's not my favorite but it's it just works man and i really love tom hanks in it and gene davis oh, is great yeah. too shout out to london louise um but I really like. I just think Tom Hanks was just the perfect person for you to put into that movie, and I'm not sure anyone else could work. Someone else in that role would have like messed it up somehow and made it like I don't know, insulting. I don't know. Like I just have a feeling someone would mess it up. But I feel like Tom Hanks plays it plays it really well, and I don't know. The movie just works. It's definitely so many the different opposite levels. of
1: definitely the ahead, opposite of the Forrest Gump character. You know. Yeah, yeah. Movies. yeah. These, these movies kind of come out. I think within the same like few years of each other, Mm -hmm. I think Forrest Gump was like 1989 or like, it was like late eighties, early nineties. And then league of their own was around like early nineties as well. The other thing is like, we talked a lot about how 42 is like gorgeous to watch in terms of like Mm -hmm. kind of the faded colors, the cinematography. And you see that also with this movie where the colors are kind of like this, bright yet faded almost as if like you left this movie out in the sun mm-hmm. kind of um yeah, I don't know yeah. if that makes sense but this movie is not in modern day colors it's mm-hmm. got like kind of a tint to it of like how you would view footage from it, the 1940s and i love it, i love that detail that like you know you just have just like you know, everything they do about like the women going to those trainings and the ads, the women wearing skirts. And then when they slid having those horrible um, cuts and bruises on their legs and everything, um, it's all very like accurate to the stories that are told by women who played in the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. Um, It does, of course, gloss over the fact that they didn't let black women try out. Um, They have that one scene where the, the black woman throws the, the ball back to Gina Davis, um, back to the girls in the uniforms. And she has like a really strong arm and they're like, oh, um, but like that's kind of an unfair little moment to have in there because black women weren't allowed to play in the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League.
0: Yeah. It's a movie that it's kind of beautiful and kind of gritty at the same time. Like it somehow pulls off being both. I mean, you guys mentioned the cinematography, Mm -hmm. how everything looks so good, but then, you know, you've got, you know, the one sister slamming into the other at home plate and they've got all these bumps and bruises and cuts all over their legs and their faces. And I mean, making them play in skirts, you don't want to play baseball in anything other than long pants. I mean, I'll just leave it at that. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. I know that's how it was done back then, but yeah, I don't know whose idea that was. (laughs) And and
2: also just to oh, my yeah. take on Foxcatcher, just I'm not sure that movie is good. I think that the performances <laughs> are good. I think it's one of those. I think okay. it's fine. I wouldn't be like, oh, that's a bad movie, but I'm not sure it's very good. I do think the performances are great. And I remember when it was coming out, this was c- kind of the beginning of the, the Channing Tatum. Oh, wow. This guy can kind of act and we like him more now uh, kind of movement. And it was interesting that he was in this movie when it was coming out. That's just what I remember the conversation was. But yeah, I think it's it reminds me of um, what's that movie three Billboards, which I think is excellent, like tour to force acting. Not necessarily sure. I'm not sure if it's a good movie. But anyway, yeah, that's my take.
1: yeah, I also I'm I, like an enormous Sam Rockwell fan. and um mm-hmm. I would pro- I'm pretty much inclined to agree with you, and I think that's something people don't. It's kind of similar to like when you have like a bad sports team but you have really good players and, Mm -hmm. or you have a good sports team with a couple really bad players. And because they're the, the whole thing of like the parts are the sum of the whole and the whole is the sum of the parts, like that whole kind of dichotomy of, you know, which one is it? Like you can have a really good, like, like a really good player on the Mets is still stuck on the Mets. Like Jacob deGrom (laughs) is a Cy Young
2: Yeah, let's just let's call it the Mets of sports movies.
0: Yeah, there you (laughs) go. Yeah,
1: where it's just yeah, and the same thing for Three Billboards. Three Billboards is, in some ways, it's you know some of uh, it's some of Sam. I mean, Sam Rockwell won the Oscar for Best Actor, and um, Woody Harrelson is excellent too. But it is, it's not the best movie. Frances McDormand's an incredible actress. I love her. Um, But yeah, so.
2: Oh man, this next one I'm excited for. Oh boy. Woo. Okay, all right, I guess since I said I was excited for, I shall intro it. We got the sixth seed taking on the eleven seed, and I'm talking with this voice because we got two boxing movies yet again. You guys might be familiar with the fact that, yes, every sports movie ever, there's got to be a lot of boxing ones out there. There's too many, some would say. Fighter is the sixth seed, the fighter, I should say. And number 11 is Warrior. Oh, boy. All right, so here's the thing. If I'm not mistaken, the fighter, it's got its Boston roots. Right. So I, Gabrielle might feel some sort of bias, some sort of favoritism towards it, but whatever, it's fine. I get it. I understand it. Um, I think here's how I, this is hard for me now. I feel like a lot of people, not enough people, maybe they don't know about warrior, which is directed by Gavin O'Connor, who is awesome. He is an awesome sports movie, uh, filmmaker. We talked about him earlier with, uh, our nominations, honorable mentions when he, he also did, um, the recent The Way Back starring Ben Affleck. He also did Miracle and he did this. And I feel like this is his least well-known movie. And it's really good. It is so – it just gives you chills. A little – it's it's kind of got that classic sports movie thing going where it's it's an underdog story. But then the other half of it, because it's focused on two brothers, is this really damaged, very hurt, and angry human being. And that's what I like about the movies. It's kind of two different stories being told at the same time in a way. And also the the fight scenes are good. And it's got just so many memorable moments. And I just, I, I love, I even like Joel Edgerton in the movie. Tom Hardy's fantastic. And I think Nick Nolte gets nominated for the Oscar. And then for the fighter, I like the how you like me now part when he wins his fight in the ring. That's really great. My take on the fighter is it's definitely a necessary kind of movie you want to see it if you're binging sports movies it's nice to have a underdog story but it's also kind of this 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 drug addict dude played by Christian Bale who wins the Oscar I think that to sum up my feelings on this matchup totally I love warrior it is one of my three favorites that is in this region Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie but I really think that the fighter I think is carried a little bit by Christian Bale not a little bit I'm just going to straight up say I don't think we talk with Mark Wahlberg look fine whatever he's an actor he acts um <laughs> he uh he's fine it's a I ringing really endorsement no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but, uh, and i swear it's not like a boston hate thing coming for me i just think he's he's fine uh i did like him in the departed he's great in that he's good. he's good in. i liked him in two guns also which is like my favorite mark Wahlberg movie for some reason um anyways before I get too carried away, I think that that movie gets carried a lot by Christian Bale. He's so magnetic, such a like bad person that you can't help but root for and root for him to turn it all around. And he he just kills it, man. He's so good. And. In Warrior, I just think that it's a more perfectly constructed movie, a more well-paced movie for sure, despite that it's a little bit long and it has an absolutely breathtaking ending, one that just will make it the most grown and kind of bedraggled you know, men of all men who swear they won't cry. It'll make them tear up and whatnot. Um, it's kind of got that like Brian song type of factor going for it to an extent, although it's a different subject matter. Um and I think the fighter is just it's its good, but it's got it's got Christian Bale. And I think this is one of the movies that we kind of don't realize that. I think that it's got its good moments, but it's just Bale is just the reason for it. I've said that like eight times already. So I'm going to wrap up and say my vote goes to Warrior. Um, just a, a better made movie, I think, in multiple aspects, aside from just good acting. And Amy Adams is in it, too. She's good. But I'm not part of the Amy Adams kind of fan club, as I know a lot of people are. I think she's a, a B-plus to A-minus um, sometimes. But she, she's good in it, too. But, you know, I don't know. Just uh, Warriors Fantastic. Go watch it. Uh,
0: Gabrielle?
1: Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, that was, like, excellent analysis. I'm just kind of like... Thank I, you. I, I like, I, you knocked me out a little bit. Um, okay. So, <laughs> like I said, I'm really violence in movies like it's just not mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. i can really stomach so i as immature as this sounds i kind of do the home alone thing where i like sometimes like cover my hands with my eyes and then peek through mm-hmm. my fingers as a fully grown adult woman um i will say christian bale is so excellent in the fighter and the fighter is actually based on um a 19 like 90s documentary um, mm-hmm. like about this part of boston um called lowell that i've been to and it is a pretty depressing place um and it's like super accurate about like the drug problems in the region but warrior to me like my thing with that is the brother relationships the this is also a really good matchup Mm -hmm. for that reason that like a lot of we've talked about before a lot of these movies Mm -hmm in the matchups have just made no sense like why you're matching them up like rocky mm-hmm. four in basketball for example it's like well, <laughs> there's why there's nothing but like in this quadrant of the bracket field of dreams and eight men out is a great matchup aside from the seating fighter the fighter and warrior are also good matchups because they're two stories same sport and they're both brother relationships and family movies um I am going to have to give it to the fighter just because of Christian Bale, but it was a tough call for me because warrior I think deserves better than it's 11 seating. Um, it's a good movie. I probably will never watch either of them again because I, I don't like violence. Um, but tough call. Um, but I just, I mean Christian Bale like went absolutely nuts preparing for this role and he really is so deep in it. Like you, you're kind of like, he kind of makes the movie.
0: Yeah. Uh, great analysis by both you guys. So I guess it's up to me to uh, break the tie here. Uh, the fighter I saw a bunch of years ago and I'm kind of surprised that I don't remember more about the movie than I did Um, really the only thing that really stands out for me is Christian Bale just being absolutely ridiculous in this movie. You know, his character is just so over the top and you can tell he's very immersed in the character. I think I heard he lost like a whole ton of weight to play this role and, and, you Mm know, just, just, you know, just, oh yeah,
1: he, he made himself crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, he's, he's absolutely fantastic, but and, and both you touched on this as well, but I just really like the uh, family dynamic of Warrior, you know, the, the two brothers. It is a little bit far-fetched that these two brothers basically come out of nowhere and then just storm through this UFC tournament and just start knocking people out. But I do like the movie. It's a lot of fun. You know, they meet in the finals, and yeah, I'm going to go Warrior, and, and part of it might also be that there's 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 like 800 boxing movies, and I think this is the only UFC movie on mm. this bracket. So maybe just the fact that it's it's a little unique in that aspect. Again, there aren't really that many UFC uh, movies, so I'm going to take The Warrior. Not by a lot, but, you know, Warrior gets the win for me, and that'll move on for us. All right, so we've got the number three seed, Friday Night Lights, taking on the number 14 seed, Glory Road. Uh, Javi, I know you're, you wanted to start this one off, so have at it.
2: Yes, I did, my friend. Thank you so much. We we were just talking about the fighter and warrior. You know what I mean? We were just talking about the all boxing type of movies. But now we're going basketball v. football, two movies that I don't really think have much in common, if we, as we've discussed. It's, it's very interesting to see the behavioral patterns of this bracket when it decides that it wants to have two movies that have something in common and when it doesn't. Um, so Friday Night Lights is the three seed. Glory Road is the – hold on one second.
0: Uh, 14. 14 seed
2: so all right friday night lights the tv show is one of my favorite shows ever it's in my top four uh i don't actually have a full top five still uh, stay tuned for that i guess folks uh but the thing with friday night lights is it was one of those movies i think when it came out that was the first like let's capture the spirit of high school football let's capture the like why this is a lifestyle out there in texas you know what i mean this isn't like a just a game anymore right it's it's still a game but it's so much more than that and it's like you rule the world you're like a a presidential cabinet position if you're on the football team you know i mean that's how big it is there and then there's glory road which is kind of um uh for lack of a more interesting descriptor kind of like the the remember the titans of basketball right um and i think that these movies are both interesting and they're both pretty watchable. However, and before I want to preface my decision by saying this, I have seen both movies. That's not where I'm going with it. I saw *Friday and lights the movie after the show. Same. So there is a chance. There is a chance, just a small chance, probably, probably a big chance, honestly, that it colors my view of the movie. And why I say that is because I'm going with glory road here just to kind of right. cut to the chase the reason is because I like Friday Night Lights, but it, and once again, this might be because I saw the show. Watching that movie, you got Booby Mile. Hey, you want to win? Put Booby in. You know, like that whole thing. And it's fun. <laughs> but I can't help when I'm watching it, just being like, oh man, I love the show so much more though. And it, it that's, it's kind of unfair. It, maybe it's unfair, but I thought the movie was good. I didn't like uh, Who Plays the Coach as much, which again, could be the fact, could be a matter of fact that. Uh, Kyle Chandler is so good as Coach Taylor in the movie. And, and I, like the I like the kids, I like the athletes. Yeah, and believe I, yeah, that like, uh, thank you. <laughs> I forgot for a second, but yeah. um, it's it's funny that like he's not that he's not famous and not that he's not a good actor or anything like that. It's just that I just watching the movie, I was like, this is good, but I really wish that I don't know, I would see Smash Williams again, I would see Matt Saracen again. I the whole time. And but I can see why that might unfairly you know color my judgment glory road is super fun and i don't know why it's not talked about more we've talked about how disney movies are surprising like they'll go into these subjects and it's surprising sometimes that say glory road and remember the titans and some of these other movies that they're disney movies it kind of is you know it's not what you first think of when it comes to disney movies and they don't play it soft in this movie it's actually really good and i love the coach in this movie played by josh lucas i believe and i love you know, there's not really any other major player in this movie, with the exception of um, Angelina Jolie's that John Voight, uh, who is so good at playing any type of villainous like yes. character. And while in this movie, it's kind of left to a, I, I like how they show um, John Voight's character as not necessarily being like an evil person, like outright. He's smarter than that. You know what I mean? And I, I just like that how he's kind of maybe got his own deep seated issues, but he's not crazy enough to let them uh be brought to light. You know what I mean? He's very right, diplomatic yeah. with it. It's it's really, really interesting, actually. I like that about the movie. And Joey Deschanel's in this shout out Bones, which was a show I used to love. Um wait, no, isn't and, she
1: Emily? Isn't she Oh Emily Deschanel? So Emily Deschanel. Emily yeah, Because Bones you, thank is you. Bones is one of my favorite shows of all time. I was oh, like, wait, Bones am I confusing them?
2: Oh man, the grave digger, yeah. the grave digger saga. that's oh, it was great. Grave but, digger
1: terrified me. Oh
2: man, I remember oh. that. Uh, very so, claustrophobic sh- person. <laughs> Shout out to Bones. But I think that Glory Road, it just works. It feels melodic in a way. It's just the basketball scenes are great. Uh, the football scenes of Friday Night Lights are fine. Um, but I think Friday Night Lights is more about the let's capture that you're a, you're a stud if you're going to texas football here like that that's what that movie is about while glory road is about race and it's about how you know you've, you've just got these these great basketball games or teams going at it so while glory road is a little bit more of the traditional underdog you know started from somewhat nothing and going into something sports movie kind of cliche and friday night lights is definitely more unique in that perspective uh I still – I just like Glory Road more. I like the performances more, especially when it comes to Josh Lucas as uh, as the coach. And it just makes me happy. And you know what? Every now and then I just want to watch a movie that makes me happy.
1: Yeah. All right. So my – full disclosure, my family – I'm like the only person in my family who has not totally rewatched Friday Night, like the TV show, like 35 times. My mom, dad, <laughs> and sister are all obsessed with it to the point where like they'll – finish it on Netflix and then just go from the series finale to the series premiere within like minutes of each other. <laughs> um so I had also like not really by choice had seen the show before I'd seen the movie. Um fun fact, I don't know if this is why these two are matched up, but the same actor is in both of these movies. You've got um Derek Luke playing Booby Miles and he's also the kid who plays um Bobby Joe Hill in Glory Road
2: ah okay yeah all right wow and within back-to-back years of each other
1: because or like within two years of each other because this movie came out in four and the the and glory road came out in six i also prefer friday night lights the show to the movie um which isn't to say that friday night lights the movie isn't like a fine or good movie but i just like javi said i like um kyle chandler better as the coach than i do as than i do billy bob thornton i think billy bob thornton um i just always think of him as the like as like bad santa and like um mm-hmm. bad news bears remake <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: and, yeah, it's
1: and funny. like connie Britton like, was in the movie like, right so connie Britton's in both she plays the yeah. wife in both but her husbands are so vastly different. Um, Also, Billy Bob Thornton is much older than Connie Britton. Mm -hmm. Um, Also weird, weird connection that Billy Bob Thornton was married to Angelina Jolie and John Voight is in glory road and he's her dad.
2: Oh, Oh, Huh, yeah. yeah that is so wow all right maybe there were connections in, with these two movies yeah, after weird. all huh, we had um, to dig a little deeper yeah
1: <laughs> yeah yeah but i i love i love glory road um it's like you said it's kind of like the ba- the basketball version of remember the titans and as someone who likes basketball a lot more than they like football in general and also because remember the titans is like they, i mean they're both they both have moments where they're super hard to watch um and you're kind of like wait these are disney movies Mm -hmm. Um, that's that's dark, but glory road. I just, um, I find all the boys on the team to be like very endearing. Um, and you just Mm want to root for them. And, um, Josh Lucas is great as the coach. The story is like an excellent true story. Um, and it also, like you mentioned with John Voight's character, whose name is Adolf, which I just, as a Jewish woman, I can't. I know he's a real person and people used to be named that. um, But like, you can understand why it's just really weird to like have a person named Adolf Mm -hmm. and talk about them. Um, But apparently his son said that it was really important to them that their dad not be portrayed as a racist because it wasn't so much that he was racist as that. It was just something that wasn't being done at that time and where they lived. Um, Mm -hmm. And and the movie does clearly point out how different it is in different places that the coach goes when he's recruiting these players where they're like, Texas is very different than Kentucky, for example. Um, and like the hardships that they go to, that they go through, um, when one of the players gets like a piss swirly in a diner bathroom, um, -hmm. or their hotel room gets vandalized. It's like, it's showing that like parts of the country were much more ahead or behind other parts of the country, and that um, you know Rupp was more just like a product of his time than like you know a guy who kept a white hood in the back of his car kind of thing. Right, right. Um, and I think right. I think that is like an important thing to note because there are people who are horrible racists, and then there are just people who that's just like the environment that they grew up in and they're not actively being one or the other which like obviously it would have been great if Adolf Rupp was more accepting of these players Mm -hmm. but I think he does a good job of showing especially since his wife is the one who comforts Emily Deschanel at the women's brunch being like not everybody's like that it really kind of shows you like there were all kinds of people and we saw that in 42 too remember when the guy comes over to Jackie and Rachel Robinson when they're walking down the street yeah. and he thinks that he's going to, and Jackie thinks that the guy's going to attack them. Mm-hmm. Um And he's like, Rachel get behind me. But it turns out the guy just says like, I just want to tell you that I'm rooting for you. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. and it's like so unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the movie does a good job of portraying that. Like there were people who were super racist. Obviously there were people who were very welcoming. And then there were people in the middle where it was just unfamiliar to them. Um, and mm. they didn't really know how to handle it, and I think that that's, I, I, you don't really see that very often um, mm. in these movies.
2: There's a lot of so. these movies that have that scene where it's like the character, the black character, they're being approached by a, a white person, and they're they're freaking out. Like uh, it happens in Glory Road at the very beginning when they're like they're like make a break for it. Like when he, yeah uh, they run they run to their up.
1: house and then and then yeah. he's in their house having the pie. I that was funny.
2: They've got that. You've got um uh what's it called uh and remember the titans with julius when the guy says yeah. you know it's actually the best uh and it's it's a police officer which might be even more scary especially with um you know certain things but uh he's like that's the best defense i've seen in 25 years or whatever like there is a scene what is it oh i was gonna say like with john white's character i think like just on the friday night lights thing i love how like in that show there is um there are like uh uh, episodes about racism, there's like a really profound commentary on it involving the assistant coach of the villain Panthers where it's like, it's just like, he he says like, look, you, you grow up around certain things, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's interesting when these type of things deal with that. And I really think that just to to wrap it around again, like the show just does so much more that it's almost impossible. And I have to admit, maybe it's unfair, but uh, they're both directed by Peter Berg too, which is what's interesting. Uh, maybe it's unfair, but I just feel like watching the movie, It just does not hit the same when I know, let me just, where's smash Williams. Where's, where's, uh, what's his name? Jason street. You know what I mean? Like where, where is everybody? I just want to, I want to get back to those characters. And uh,
1: these are also both Texas movies. That's the other yeah. connection connection. That, all right. Um, so I was wrong. Yeah. Texas.
2: <laughs> so let's, so there like,
0: are connections. Right. Yeah. There's a Guys, lot of we connections. We talked ourselves into movies. it again. Yeah, We did it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're you're both for Glory Road then, is that right? Yeah, yeah I don't feel okay, amazing
2: okay. about it. And I yeah. like I I have to keep saying, like, I saw the show first. Like it's it weighs on you a little bit. And I genuinely well, no, but, don't like uh um what's his face? Billy Bob Thornton as much as the coach. Yeah. Well,
1: yeah. also, um, do you do you remember um for like the rewatchables, they always talk about like could this be a 10 part Netflix show yeah. instead? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I yeah. think that the difference between Glory Road and Friday Night Lights is like maybe it's just because the show already existed but mm-hmm. either way but, but like because it already exists like you we can't really know if it would be different if it if there was no tv show of it but we already know that friday night lights is a really good tv show and so mm-hmm. therefore having that knowledge the movie automatically seems kind of super condensed just because mm-hmm. the it's like the schrodinger schrodinger's cat kind of thing of like while the cat's in the box, you don't know if it's dead or not. Right. So it's not your fault. But by opening the box, you find out one way mm-hmm. or the other. And so we don't really know. Like right. But Glory so, Road, I think, does a good job of being like a movie, like yeah, like it's just like fun, the, the man. classic arc of a historical, like sports biopic kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, Um. see, I can definitely appreciate the perspective that each of you have, you know, having seen the TV show first, I have actually never seen the TV show Friday Night Lights, although I've Oof. heard it's good. And I think you would both agree with that good show. Yes
2: oh it's yeah. it's like yeah. i said it's an all-timer the first yeah, so, episode and maybe gabrielle since we're learning we watch kind of the same or listen to the same podcast and commentary uh i've that people have said like that first episode of finite lights is one of the great sports movies if you could just count the first episode it's so john watch
0: that like immediately when we're done recording all right man <laughs> i will definitely trust get on me. that no trust <laughs> me i've been meaning to see that i been meaning to read the book mm-hmm. as well i've never read the book so i mean i like yeah, the that's movie so enough. funny i'm, I'm
2: the movie's based on a book so then then the tv shows based on the movie that's based on the book
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's been like kind of just a natural progression here over the mm-hmm. years but um no yeah i i really really like friday night lights uh, i was i think a freshman in college when it came out and you know a bunch of us just watched it together we all really liked it um i like it for a lot of the same reasons or well, at least one of the same reasons that i like coach carter and that's that you really feel like watching this movie, and again, you know, I'm sure the TV show does an even better job of this, but mm-hmm. watching the movie, you you feel like you get to know the entire team. There's a lot of, like, mm-hmm. interesting subplots going on here. You've got this quarterback who can't even eat his breakfast without his mom, you know, grilling him on the on the playbook, <laughs> and then you've got, you know, <laughs> you've got Booby Miles and the injury that he has and everything that he goes through. I mean, that, that's a tough scene to watch. Um, you've got the other oh, yeah. running back who, whose dad is just a complete a-hole. So he's got to he's got to deal with all this pressure of mm-hmm. winning a national championship and his dad being like the worst person ever. Um, and, you know, I, I just think it works. And, you know, the the cinematography, that's something else we've talked about you mm, know, throughout absolutely. this bracket. It's fantastic, man. I mean, you feel like you are right down there. You almost feel like you're like a referee on the field and like watching all this chaos happen around you, basically. You know, that's kind of what it feels like. Uh, I thought mm-hmm. the ending was was absolutely fantastic. I don't want to spoil it, but I, I mean, I guess I'm just going to anyway, it just shows that not every sports movie has to end with a team winning a championship. You know, it can be a good ending with or mm-hmm. without that. So I don't know. I mean, I Billy Bob Thornton is the coach. He's good. I wouldn't say he's like fantastic, but I, I think he gets the job done. And yeah, I just thought it was a really good movie. And Glory Road. I really like that as well. Um, it reminded me I, I wrote down a few movies that it reminds me of that are also in this bracket and you guys mentioned remember the titans and 42 mm-hmm. there's a little bit of invictus in there maybe a little bit of hoosiers in there mm-hmm. as well um mm-hmm. the only nitpick that i have with glory road is i feel like kind of follows a lot of you know the tropes that we've seen in sports right. movies you know it's this underdog mm-hmm. team that has to get better and then they get better and then they beat the, the big tough team and you know i mean it's a good movie don't get me wrong i would just have to give yeah. friday night lights the edge but hey majority rules and. uh glory road moving on
1: glory road is our hoosiers so
0: peter Burke, interesting director too very interesting director to me yeah
2: he's like he's kind of a hit or miss guy but then his misses make more money than his hits it's like one of those weird like hancock is like i think one of his highest grossing movies
1: yeah well that's you know why because people have weird taste you know and and also also because there are movies that do movies that do terribly in box offices and then become cult classics like wet hot american Mm -hmm. summer is like a a totally random (laughs) movie and it was panned by everyone and it's like a cult classic movie now um Uh there's yeah so many movies like that where it just you know they're not appreciated at their time okay um Happy Gilmore, one of Adam Sandler's best movies. I mean, he's still like we talked about when we went way off book and got into a whole uncut gems thing. He still is like a volatile man boy with like some issues. <laughs> um, But like the premise is hilarious. You know, he's like, all he wants to be is a hockey player, Um, but he ends up playing golf. Um, And I guess like, <laughs> funny enough because like a golf club is kind of like a miniature hockey um (laughs) stick and a puck is just like a flat golf ball if you had like andre the giant step on it um but you know it's it's the modern i feel like this is like a bad thing to say but it is the modern caddyshack um Mm. caddyshack and, and unlike caddyshack uh like we were talking about before we started recording like this movie actually has a plot you know where he's trying to um join a like golf tournament to um, win enough money to like save his grandmother's house. And his grandmother's like this tiny old lady being like tortured by a very creepy Ben Stiller. um, And Apollo Creed is his oh, golf yeah. teacher, um, oh, yeah. which is just, which is just great. And I, I honestly, it's like this movie has such a great cast of like the girl he falls in love with is the mom mm-hmm. from modern family, Julie Bowen. And um like, you know carl weathers like i said like apollo creed is chubbs peterson bob barker is in it um christopher mcdonald <laughs> yeah. like shooter yeah. mcgavin is just like such a great villain oh, yes. um he actually had like a story apparently because they they we were talking about this earlier that they did a ringer rewatchables of happy gilmore with the Safty brothers while the Safty brothers were filming uncut gems with adam sandler um, which is the only reason otherwise that the Safety brothers would be the ones talking about Happy Gilmore in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but they were talking about how apparently um, the guy who plays Shooter McGavin, uh, Christopher McDonald, he gets recognized so much for being shooter McGavin that like he got out of like a speeding ticket or something because the (laughs) cop was like, Oh my God, you're shooter McGavin. He's like, God damn it. Yeah. Um, But it's just, I mean, it's a great movie. It's funny. Like it actually has a plot line and kind of actually sticks to it, which is something that a lot of these movies often kind of go off like in a different direction and not necessarily in a good way. Like when we were talking about major league two and how, Awful woman ends up rebuying the team, and you're just like, Oh, okay, this went in a totally different, unnecessary direction. Um, yeah. varsity blues, I saw once like a long time ago, it's got an epic cast, and mm. again, John Voight just like, yep, low key in all of these movies. And you've got like a young James Vanderbeek, like fresh off of uh, Dawson's Creek, and all of that, but um. I mean, football movies to me, like they just don't usually do it for me, probably because I'm not a huge football fan. Like there aren't a lot of football movies that I'm just like going to watch over and over again because it's not a sport I really enjoy. So even if it's a movie about it, like Varsity Blues was good. I remember thinking like, okay, it was like a good movie. I didn't feel the need to watch it again as uh, unpopular as that opinion might be. The only thing is that um, it and also because now Paul Walker is dead. so. Mm -hmm. that's a huge bummer but i've got to go with uh happy gilmore it's just like one of the funniest movies of all time to me
0: yeah i gotta go with happy gilmore as well i was probably only like 10 or 11 the first time i saw it and it's just one of those movies that maybe you're a little bit too young to be watching it but you just watch it anyway and you get away with it and it's just i was gonna say 11 yeah well i I don't know I'm, (laughs) i'm trying to remember the timeline now but uh yeah, no, I, I think it's just a fantastic movie. Um, just very quotable. There's so many great scenes with Bob Barker. Uh, I love the part where, like, like I just, I just remember watching this movie and just laughing and laughing and laughing at every scene. Like, even just something as simple as early in the movie when he gets into the batting cage and just starts letting the baseballs just pelt him in the chest. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like it's and like and like there's barely any punchline there, but it's just hilarious and it's just funny because like like he thinks that's gonna make him better at hockey, right? You know. And then, mm-hmm. like, he has yeah. his, he has his first tournament and the caddy, you know, takes the, the clubs from him, and he throws them down the crown, And the caddy's like, well, what should I do if you don't want me to carry your clubs? And he's like, I don't know, just watch me and make sure I don't do anything stupid, okay? <laughs> like, it's fantastic. After and he then... already
1: did something stupid.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And then, um, you know, and the other thing that makes the movie work for me, and I think has made it age well also, is, like, Happy Gilmore, like, he's flawed, he clearly has a short temper, uh, he'll He'll basically drop the gloves, quote unquote, you know, at the drop of a hat. But he is a likable character because this whole movie, he's not there are no selfish motives whatsoever. The only reason he's doing this is he wants to get his grandmother her house back. And so I just think it works that way. He clearly cares about her a lot. He clearly loves her. And it's not until like later in the movie. When uh, Virginia tells him like, hey, what do you think she wants to see more to get her house back or to see his to see her grandson succeed? So she kind of has he kind of has that moment right there. Um, But yeah, it's just a fantastic movie. To me, it's one of the funniest movies on this entire list. And uh, then you've got Varsity Blues and John Voight is fantastic as the uh, as the villain. And Varsity Blues, again, it's one of those movies that like at least for me, I remember watching it when I was definitely too young to be watching it. And then you look at it and it's like, man, that's what high school is going to be like. And it's not at all, but still a good movie, but I got to go with happy Gilmore. Uh, Give me, give me happy Gilmore for the win here. Here's the thing, man. Here we go.
2: So happy Gilmore heading into this movie. We talked about a little bit how, you know, every now and then I feel like these, these screwball slapstick commies, I feel like people like saying how much they like them because they like to show off that they even saw them. I know this is PG 13, but still, and Sandler very hit or miss in a lot of ways still a very fascinating kind of career now heading into it the first like 10 minutes I'm like oh no these are the type of movies that I know I'm gonna hate you know he has the, the Asian lady thing you know that whole thing or whatever the girlfriend breaking up with him and oh, all he's 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 acting like a jerk just beating people up. But then the movie starts connecting with things that I really appreciate. We talk about Happy Gil- – uh, not Happy Gilmore. Um, Caddyshack and how that movie is just so random and whatnot. The comedy bits in this movie, while there is a plot, the comedy that they go with sometimes is just completely random. And, you know, like on The Watchables, they talked about like a lot of the quotes. Um, as someone who's a longtime ringer, follower and all that, I remember – uh, bill simmons he always quotes like the, you think you're better than me so when i first saw this movie i was dying when i heard that part and it's funny in context too shooter mcgavin an all-time villain but also i forgot yet yeah, the apollo creed thing is a great thing i just i like how just the humor like when he he asks him he's like no they didn't let me on the tour and then happy's like oh why because it was it because you were black? He's like, no, because a crocodile bit my hand. Like just stupid, <laughs> like random yeah. things that make you laugh. And then when he sees the alligator the crocodile later on in the movie and tries to fight it to death, like it's gotta <laughs> there's a there's a there's a charm to the insanity too, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. While well, Caddyshack is really just balls to the walls, like we're just it's like, like if the National Lampoon guys, like Gabrielle said, if they made a movie, this would probably be what it turned out to be in uh and Happy Gilmore. I like that it's this it's it's underdog sort of because he's really good at it, but it's it's like this class, you know, upper class culture versus lower class culture. And there is a believability in not what actually happens, not in necessarily the. You know, the car that drives onto the middle of the field and tries to run him over and the fact that he fights Bob Barker and that he fights a crocodile and all that stuff. But there's a believability to like, yeah, if we got someone who like had a big flair and was like cursing and like showing more like typical, like acted like a hockey player or whatever on a golf course, like that person would be popular. And you talk about like Tiger Woods and his flair and kind of enthusiasm for the game is kind of why he blew up in a lot of ways also compounded with the skill factor too which is happy Gilmore starts getting better and whatnot and i just i love the insanity of the movie but it feels like i really relate to anything that goes up against the the white collar type of lifestyle i hate that stuff um i don't want to get too personal about my personal life but i do not like those those type of cultures um as someone who literally, in a lot of ways, grew up in uh, white collar type of uh, situations or whatnot, I just don't like that culture, and I like seeing this kind of this uh, uh, like a, the, a, a monkey wrench who's just like, "Hey, I'm really good at this," and I also don't even like golf. <laughs> he barely even likes golf, and then yeah, it's just I wasn't expecting Ben Stiller's character is like he's just kind of there, like he
0: has he's just they decide to throw in this character there's, who's just
2: evil, <laughs> like even, there's a not as evil a shooter,
0: but yeah. There, there's a deleted scene where Adam Sandler throws him out of a window later in the movie. <laughs> uh, like I don't know, it probably wasn't in the version you saw, but like I've seen it like on TV, they'll leave that scene in sometimes. It's really weird, but it because I always thought it was weird, like why doesn't that character ever get his comeuppance? And yeah. apparently he did, but it was just a scene that didn't make the final cut for whatever yeah. reason.
2: Yeah. And I love how his caddy is is just this homeless guy. If I'm not mistaken, he's like, hey, leave the guy alone, man. Like he's like happy's like got a little heart to him. Where you, he does, you, he's he's the working class hero, and I actually felt like i could get along with that even if he does act crazy people are like well screw these guys they're so pretentious and fixing their gloves and dining in fancy places and here comes this guy who's just as good as them who's ready to like rock the stage and i love that as caddy by the end of the movie is like just answering super sophisticated golf like just being like hey what do you think i should do he was like well you know on the on the hill or whatever and there's a little <laughs> bit of an incline like he just no explanation for how this happened he's just super knowledgeable and then when um Uh, what is it, like, I forgot what, he has another moment later on, like, just the straight face when he gives him another club, like, it's just really funny, and it's just, I. I, you look at the older views of this movie, and I think this is one of those that, while it is slapstick, and it is infinitely immature in a lot of ways, it's also got its moments of, yeah, we can kind of all get behind the whole, like, you know, working class hero type of thing, and I think that this, uh, it works in a lot of ways. And I just think that there's so many quotable lines in it. Varsity Blues, at first I was like, oh, this is a competitive matchup. I only remember the things I like about varsity blues. I remember the the fact that I think John Voigt as a villain is great. I like the football scenes. I like James Vanderbeek, Paul Walker, like all these guys, and how it was really kind of a messed up movie about these players who are just kind of being thrown in despite injury and all that stuff. John Voigt is really yeah. like like we we talked about the dictatorship right of of that character and it's true like he absolutely is like that and it works and then and it also captures kind of like that friday night lights like the the football culture how you're a superstar right like off the field you become like a a presidential cabinet member in terms of importance in that small town but then i remember ah wait a minute there's a lot of like scenes in the movie i think the whipped cream thing i don't know if that's like funny ironically. <laughs> like I don't know like what it is really. It's weird. I don't know what that bit is about. Uh with James Vanderbeek and whoever uh the girl was as the whipped cream bikini or whatever. And then they have uh what's his name? I'm forget I'm blanking on his name right now, but the 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 chubby guy who's like shooting the beer bottles and whatnot. And then you have Tweeter, who is played by I, I love Scott con got love for the guy. That's the dude we already talked about his dad, James Con. Uh his entire character doesn't age well. He's just driving around drunk and just like with girls and like talking about them in inappropriate ways. It's just, there's there's too many things in, in Varsity Blues that will make you a little bit uncomfortable, even if you turn your brain off to them. And you also, while there are some iconic scenes in there and some some good things about it that are pretty funny, you kind of uh, gloss over, like there's a lot in that movie that's just kind of, eh, whatever. Like this is just, this is just fine. Well, I think in Happy Gilmore, the entire product is more uh succinct and just, just better made, I think. That was a long, lengthy explanation, but yeah, my pick also goes to Happy Gilmore. All right.
0: Clean sweep. Sleep. Yeah. Gilmore, Gilmore could be a threat here. I I, I think I, it's a sleeper. It's a sleeper. I could tell. Yeah. tell well,
1: what's it going up against next? It's going up against Glory Road. Oh.
2: No, oh, wait, no, It's, no. it's, it's going go against... uh,
1: It's going up against whatever we talk about now. Oh no, yes. it's gonna go up against all right.
0: So, yeah. Uh, number two, Rudy against number 15, Blue Chips. Uh, I guess I'll kick this one off. I think it's my turn. I don't really know. We're not really keeping track, but yeah. whatever. So, uh, Rudy, you know, great underdog story. Um, it's before, you know, the underdog story had kind of been done to death. And it, it has a little more weight, just the fact that I think, you know, it was built, it was based on a real person. Um, really an enjoyable movie, a lot of good performances. Uh, the only thing that I will say is that. It's a nitpick that I've had with Rudy throughout the years, and I work with a guy who's a big Notre Dame fan, so I kind of give him a hard time about it sometimes. But with Rudy, it's a good story, but I feel like there's nothing that crazy special about what Rudy did that Mm. a lot of other college athletes haven't probably done as well. You know, college athletes who have been Mm. told, like, oh, you'll never be able to play D1 college sports, and then they do, and they beat the odds um so for that reason it it loses a couple of points with me but it is a very enjoyable movie i mean you can watch it now i could put it on right now and enjoy it very much um you know the fact that it's notre dame i think probably adds to its luster a little bit uh people seem to kind of favor notre dame for whatever reason whether it's the bcs rankings or you know a movie like this but overall i do like rudy i actually just watched blue chips this morning it was fine it didn't really leave that big of an impression on me but to make a long story short, uh, I'm going to go with Rudy. And I forgot Vince Vaughn is in Rudy. Did you guys even realize that? No, I totally forgot yeah. about that. He's, yeah, he's <laughs> just a random player on the football team. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and, and John Favreau is very good in this as well. You think he's going to kind of be a jerk when you first meet him, and then they end up being uh, really good friends. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I got to go Rudy.
1: Yeah. I I mean, no offense to Blue Chips, uh, because it's probably got one of the biggest like star-studded cameo listings of any sports movie ever. Um, I mean, it's got like obviously first of all, it's got like Shaq and Penny Hardaway, but then, you know, you see like Rick Patino and Larry Bird and like Dick Vitale. and like it's just, I mean, the list is endless. And a lot of these movies, like, I think because, you know, superstar athletes can kind of draw the spotlight from the actual movie sometimes, if unless they're playing themselves. Um, you know, a lot of times they don't want a ton of real life athletes like in a movie because it it's just like kind of overshadowing the actual film. Um, but I, Rudy is just such an inspirational story. I mean, it like at, at certain times it kind of feels like it's, you know, lagging a little, a tiny bit. Um, you know, like he, it's, from what I've read, it's pretty true to his actual experience. um, But, you know, like, there's, like, a little bit of, I I, maybe it's just because, again, like, I'm not a football person. So I feel like it could have, the storyline could have moved along a little bit faster. Um, And also because, like, it's hard to watch other human beings um, struggle. But it's one of the most inspirational sports movies at the end of the day, like, even for someone who's not a football person. Like, and Sean Astin makes a great Rudy
2: mm-hmm yeah sean astin. also
1: shout out goonies sean astin
2: yeah sean astin and, somehow and,
1: and stranger things sean astin
2: yeah sean astin man i was that was that's that's my big like reason for what i'm gonna end up uh voting on this uh sean astin just a beloved figure for both the nerd and sports community shout out lord of the rings one of my favorite just people ever Samwise just the definition of a friend uh, shout out Lord of the Rings, but I loved him in this movie too. And the GIF is famous. Of course. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think we see the, 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 oh, I'm free. I'm blanking on the character's name since it's been a really long time since I've seen the movie, the, the fist bump cheer in the air. Like I see that GIF like every day, pretty much on Twitter. Um, the movie just works. I, I think that's the way we've talked about these type of movies before the underdog story, the, you can't make it type of thing, but It works like it just the movie fundamentally works. And I like the cast. I love Sean Astin in it. And then when it comes to blue chips, I'll kind of ride for blue chips a little bit. Just a little bit. Shaq is in that. And he's great. I really like Shaq in this movie. And while I think it's weird that Nick Nolte's in it, I think it's Nick Nolte. uh, It's just I'm not looking at the cast right now. It's been a while since I've seen it. But it's just I don't know. This is actually closer for me than I think you guys would think. I think that um, there's something about blue chips and kind of, it's a little prescient to a degree with the whole like college scandal type of stuff. And, you know, are, are they paying players under the table, all that stuff. But I, I just think that, overall though despite how much i love the appearances in this movie and the fact that you know you got penny hardaway in there bob Cousy shows up i'm pretty sure and and obviously Shaq is kind of one of the the main people and larry burry shows up first a little bit like it's got Mm -hmm. it's got its basketball culture stuff where i feel like a lot of like of the basketball nerds out there will really appreciate certain things about this movie uh ironically maybe um even though it's not made perfectly well um as, as tempting as it may be, I'm still going to go Rudy here. I'm not thrilled about it. Uh, I kind of want to go Blue Chips just because I really think that it's kind of entertaining in a lot of ways. And it's got like this unique-ish storyline to it. But I'm going to go Rudy just because I think it's a more compact, better made film just fundamentally. And it just works more. And it's just kind of you don't have to love uh, the sport. You know what I mean? You don't have to be a big football person to kind of enjoy it. While basketball, I think that, or blue chips, I think that you'll just be like, eh. But if you're a basketball fan, you'll be like, oh my God, Larry Bird. Like, you'll just kind of freak out about the nerdy stuff in it. Um, and Rudy's just, you know, it just works. Like I keep saying over and over, kind of repeating it. Uh, shout out to that movie and shout out to the gift that lives on kind of forever.
0: All right. Once again, thank you guys for tuning in to Locked On New York Rangers. That was once again part four of Sports Movie Brackets with Gabrielle star of Locked On Red Sox, Javier Reyes of Locked On Padres. We have part five for you guys. Next week, we're getting into the second round of the tournament, so these matchups are only going to get more and more difficult as far as which movie to choose to advance, but we're definitely looking forward to that. We're going to continue to have some fun with this tournament in the weeks that follow. So once again, you guys, thanks so much for tuning in. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, it is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.